Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. John, but the whole situation around this prophecy, beloved saints, is really re replay. We're going to look at this just for a moment, and we're going to see John's Gospel, the 21st chapter, and we're going to look at the 18th and 19th verse. The Bible said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself and you walked where you would. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and will carry you to a place that you would not. Verse 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had thus spoken, he said unto him, follow me. Now, beloved saints, in a literal sense of scripture, I just want to tell you, in a literal sense of scripture, this is Jesus foretelling the death of Peter. This is the way that he is going to give his life for Christ. He is saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself and went where you would. But when you are old, you're going to stretch out your hands and another is going to gird you and lead you to a place that you do not want to go. This is a direct reference to the martyrdom of Peter. And when he was old, that he was taken to Rome, taken and arrested along with Paul. Both of them were arrested around the same time in the Neronian persecution. And at the time that uh, Nero burnt much of the city of Rome and blamed it on the Christians. One thing we do need to understand just for historical references about the burning of Rome and about the early Christian martyrdoms. And that is that the Romans were extremely superstitious. So anything that they felt angered the gods, they blamed it on any group that they felt angered the gods. For example, if there was a famine, the gods were angry. Or if there was a war that they lost, the gods were angry. So whatever group or individuals that they could see that did not worship the gods, then they made the quote unquote gods angry. And this is one of the reasons that they blame the city of Rome burning when Nero himself caught Rome on fire. They believed it was the Christians that burnt Rome. Now, the reason why Peter's gonna be uh, taken and he's gonna be crucified, that's the way history tells us he gave his life for Christ as so many other Christian martyrs did but he chose to be crucified upside down. That's the literal, what we call in Hebrew, shot on the verse. In other words, this is literally what it means in a literal sense. But today I'm going to speak to you about what it means, not just in a literal sense, 
but what it means in a supernatural sense, how it applies to you and I in a personal prophetic sense of scripture. Let us look at the word of God just for a moment. And it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself where you would and you walked where you would. Um, but when you are old, um, you're going to stretch out your hands and another is going to gird you. First of all, in a personal, powerful, prophetic sense of scripture, when you were young doesn't just mean only when you are biologically young. If we take this scripture personally, not only in its historical context, which I just explained, but if we take it personal, when you are young, that's usually describing a person who is not spiritually mature in Christ, who goes wherever they want to go at whatever time they want to go. A person that is young in Christ will not have a surrendered inner man to Christ to be completely sold out for him, for his honor and for his glory, where one's will is completely crucified with Christ. And notice the Bible says here, you went where you wanted to go, but when you are old, you're going to stretch out your hands and another is going to lead you in a place you do not want to go. One of the signs of real spiritual maturity is when one yields totally to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit tells us to do things that our flesh does not want to do. But because we love the Lord, we stretch our hands out and we say yes, not just to the things that are pleasing to us, but also to those things that are not so pleasing to us. Are you hearing this? We got to stretch our hands out to the Lord tonight. Put your hands up right now and say, I want to stretch my hands to be led where the spirit of God wants to lead me. Continuing in the context, here is the, what I want to share with you. Verse 19, and the Bible says, this he spake signifying by what death he would glorify Jesus with. Notice, it could have said by the death that he's going to glorify Jesus with. But it specifically says by which death he's going to glorify Jesus with. I want you to know in a personal, powerful, prophetic sense of scripture, there are many forms of death that a Christian goes through when they're walking in a, a place of spiritual maturity before God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I die daily. God wants us to be in a place where we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. The Bible says, hallelujah, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So there are multiple types of deaths 
that you and I go through on a daily basis, but it is not a biological one. Are you hearing me? If you are, say amen. That leads me to what I'm going to speak to you tonight about, because tonight I'm going to speak to you about a prophetic word that God has given me for 2024. And that is a word of the glory that's about to descend and has already descended on those whose lives are laid on the altar of God. I hope somebody hears what I'm saying. There is a glory coming such as we have never known before and a glory that's already here. The Lord is saying for many of you that have gone through the worst trials of your life over the past few years, over 2022, over 2023, there are several of you here that have gone through losses, some of you that have gone through a financial testings, others of you that have gone through tribulations in your family. There are some of you that have gone through great tribulations with your children. There are some of you that have gone through great testings in ministry. The enemy has tried to pull you out. Some of you have been in a place where there is uh, tremendous storms, violent storms, and they're not storms of water like looking outside and it's raining. You've been going through demonic storms that have tried to stop you, but God is saying to you today, as you've gone through these testings, the glory has increased on your life. God wants you to know that the glory of God is already increasing and the anointing is increasing on your life. Are you with me, saints? Do you understand what I'm saying here today? By what death he would glorify Jesus. I want to speak to you for a moment about little deaths and how the glory increases and how the power of God increases when we say, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say amen. Now, beloved saints, I want you to go with me if you will. We're going to look at how the glory is released and how the glory is increased through death-like experiences. We're going to look, if you will, at the book of Numbers. And I want you to go with me to the book of Numbers, the 11th chapter in the book of Numbers. And we're going to see Numbers chapter 11 and we're going to look at verse 14. And in Numbers chapter 11, verse 14, the text is going to show us a death-like experience that Moses went through. But you are going to see that after the death-like experience that Moses experienced, that the glory increased, the anointing increased. Because we need to see how is the anointing released and how is the anointing increased. How many of you want the anointing released and the, and the power increased in your life? Raise your hand and say, Lord, I want that anointing increased and the glory released. Notice what the Bible is saying right here. The Bible says, hallelujah, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 14, uh, Moses is complaining 
He is complaining to God because he has a tremendous burden on his shoulders. He said, I'm not able to bear the burden of this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Notice, he didn't say Pharaoh's too heavy for me. What was more grievous than Pharaoh? What was more, much more bondage than Pharaoh or Egypt? There is nothing on this earth that we can possibly perceive that was more filled with bondage than Egypt. Egypt is the total expression, biblically speaking, of the children of Israel that were in the house of bondage 400 years. Pharaoh afflicted them and afflicted them, the Bible says, with cruel bondage. Yet, Moses, who had the responsibility to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, never complained to God about the heaviness of the bondage from Egypt. But the bondage of the people in the wilderness, he could not bear. Why? Because Moses was constantly under the presence of God and the flesh was a burden he could not bear. Are you hearing me today? And so therefore, he says to the Lord, and he says, if you, verse 15, very respectfully he says this, if you deal thus with me, then kill me. If you deal thus with me, then kill me, I pray thee, out of thy hand. And if I have found favor in your sight, let me not see my wretchedness. Notice Moses is praying that if he has to deal with these people any longer, kill me. That's a death-like experience. Have you ever had to be in a place where there was difficult individuals to deal with? Have you ever had to be in a place where you know people are not telling the truth? Have you ever been in a place where people are so far off and where there is constant complaining? That's the children of Israel. They were complaining about the manna, the manna that fell from heaven, the manna that had a taste like oil. If you and I were eating the manna, we would be rejoicing. We would be, we would be on cloud nine because the manna inclined them to hear from God. The manna had the taste of oil. And the book of Exodus, the Bible tells us that the manna had the taste of honey. And it was like coriander seed. Coriander seed in Hebrew represents cutting. It cut their flesh. Not cut their body, but cut their carnal nature. Are you hearing this? That's what the word of God does. I said that's what the word of God does. And it said, if you're going to deal with me like this, then kill me, I pray thee, out of thy hand. And if I have found favor in your sight, then not let me not see my wretchedness. Now watch this. And the Lord said, gather the 70 elders of Israel 
whom you know to be elders among the people. Verse 17, and I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit that is on you, and I will put it upon them, that you bear not to burden yourself alone. Now, some of us would think, wow, God's just lifting the burden off of Moses, and he's just going to share the, mo the anointing that's on Moses with the people. But when we look at this passage in an Aramaic sense of scripture, in other words, there are, um, there are sources that for those that are thirsting for the deeper depths and the deeper dimensions of the prophetic word that are willing to dig and find sources that will increase our ability to understand the word of God. The Aramaic Targums are translations of the Hebrew scriptures in the Aramaic language from Hebrew to Aramaic. And they're extremely resourceful for several reasons. One of the reasons is that in first century Galilee, the conversational language was Aramaic. So that means to the believer today who wants to know the depths and the meanings of words in the New Testament and what they meant culturally, the Aramaic Targums can be a tremendous source of study and expansion in your knowledge for the word of God. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Secondly, which is the most important reason, the Aramaic Targums are not actual translations, they're interpretations. So that means that the sages that were in, that were before when Jerusalem was raided by the Babylonians and they were taken to Babylon and they were there for 70 years, God did a tremendous thing with the Hebrew people. Because there was no temple to worship God, they delved into what's called Torah studies. They began to recreate their culture and live in a culture of constantly studying the word of God. And that was their, their form of worship. And one of the forms of worship that we also have today is studying the word. That in the eyes of God, when we study the word, when we consecrate a day to be alone with God, with the word, God sees it as a form of worship to him because you gave your time and you consecrated to hear what he has to say to you. Hallelujah. And so we see that these Aramaic Targums were translated because in Babylon they spoke Aramaic. So that these Aramaic Targums were translations from the Hebrew scriptures, but not translations exactly. They were interpretation. So that when you read an Aramaic Targum, it's like a commentary, but it's a commentary that will take you back to the first century. It will take you back to the mindset of the New Testament and its actual uh, lifestyle and culture. It helps reconstruct the theology and pneumatology of the first century. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. And the reason I'm sharing this is because if we look at Numbers chapter 11, 
verse 17, when God said to Moses, I'm going to take of the spirit that's upon you and I'm going to put it on them. It's different in the Aramaic translation. In the Aramaic translation, it says, I will reveal myself and speak with you there. Now watch this. And I will make an enlargement of the spirit that's on you. And I will put it on them that they will bear the burden of the people with you and that you will not sustain it yourself alone. Notice how Moses wanted to die. But in the process of that dying experience, God took the anointing on his life and he multiplied it. He enlarged it. He stretched it. I hope somebody's hearing this. Notice verse 25. Verse 25 in the middle part of the verse tells us, hallelujah. If we look at the scripture, it says, and the Lord was revealed in the cloud. I'm going to read it to you from the Aramaic translation. And the Lord was revealed in the cloud and he spoke with him. And he made an enlargement of the spirit of God upon him. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's worth a little death experience to have an increase of the anointing. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, it's worth it all. Come on. It's worth it all. The Bible says, hallelujah, he, the Lord was revealed in the cloud and spoke to him and made an enlargement of the spirit that was upon him and imparted it to the 70 elders. And the Bible says, now watch this in verse 25, the middle part of the verse. And it came to pass when the spirit of prophecy rested on them that they prophesied and did not cease. So that means Mo, the, the anointing increased on Moses. He made an enlargement of the anointing on Moses. And now that anointing was so powerful that anyone who was an elder who came near him received that same anointing. His mantle was now being poured out on 70 elders. Somebody ought to give God the praise. Prior to this time, we don't read about any mantle of Moses falling on anyone. I said, prior to this time, we do not read about any mantle of Moses falling on anyone. But I want you to understand that the anointing was enlarged through this death-like experience. Put your hands up right now and say, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to go through it. I'm willing to go through the testing. I'm willing to go through the trial. It's worth it all. Somebody should give God the praise. We're going to see not only in Moses, did Moses say then, if, if this is the way it is, take me out. And God did not, but God, we see that it was a death-like experience, wasn't it? It was a death-like experience, but God made it tolerable for him. He made it glorious for him. Notice how after Moses submitted and said, don't let me see my wretchedness. God in his mercy not only increased the anointing, 
but turn something that was very grievous into something extremely great for the glory of God. Moses is experiencing more of God's power than he's ever experienced before as a result of this death-like experience. Look, if you will, at 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah also had a death-like experience and the anointing increased on his life as a result of the death-like experience. God was about to do something with Elijah he never thought possible. Have you ever come to a place that you say, well, I'm done with this. Um, things are over. Thank you, Jesus. That was great. And whoo, overnight, he's got you in a place that you didn't even know that you were going to continue greater than you ever imagined. In the life of Elijah, we see a death-like experience in court recorded in the word of God in 1 Kings chapter 19. The Bible tells us the second supernatural secret of the death-like experience that's bringing the glory of God in your life in 2024 is seen in Elijah. God is saying he's going to put, bring you to a place of great extension and a deeper dimension of his glory and his anointing. Hallelujah. Notice, the Bible says in verse 4, and he went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under the juniper tree. And he requested, notice, for himself that he might die. It doesn't say he requested that he might die. Hello, maybe you didn't get that. Maybe I'll tell the folks over here. I said, he requested for himself that he might die. You see, when you save your life, you're going to lose it. But when you lose your life for Christ's sake, you are going to find it. He did something for himself by being willing to go through a death-like experience for the gospel. Are you hearing this? A type and a shadow. He went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And he said, oh Lord, he said, oh, Lord, it is enough. Take my life away. Am I'm not better than my father's. Both Moses and Elijah are going through a death-like experience that cannot be denied. Are you hearing me? If you are, say amen. Now notice, beloved saints, 
if you follow in the text, Elijah fell asleep under that juniper tree. Some of you are under a juniper tree right now. And you're requesting because something hurts you so deeply. There's a loss that's taken place in your life. Some of you have gone through disappointment that's so grievous. Others of you, it could be a betrayal. It could be something that happened in your life and you're so grieved over it. You don't know how to deal with it. For Elijah, he was tired. I said for Elijah, he was tired. He was worn out because the first part of his career, his ministry was to challenge Jezebel and Ahab. Now, Mount Carmel is over. He has received retaliation of witchcraft that wants to take him out anyway. I said he's received retaliation of witchcraft that wants to take him out anyway. Is anybody here awake? Do we understand that we're fighting principalities and powers? I'm prophesying that to some precious one here tonight. And you know when he woke up, he saw cakes on the fire that an angel had two pieces of manna and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. When you're fighting witchcraft, that's one of the ways that brings the spirits of witchcraft down and under your feet. And he went to Horeb, the Mount of God. And God completely he thought he was done. He thought there's no more. He thought I'm finished. He thought, you know, at this point, literally, Elijah really believed he was the only prophet of God left. And do you know why? Because they were all murdered by Jezebel. And Obadiah had to hide 50 prophets at a time in a cave, over 100 prophets that he saved. And so at that point, twice Elijah's going to say to the Lord, I'm the only one left. And the Lord says, I got a word for you, Elijah, because God revealed himself to Elijah in a still, small voice. Now, I want to tell you something. It takes more sensitivity to the anointing to hear a still, small voice than it does to recognize fire or than it does to recognize rocks breaking. I hope somebody understands the Lord was no longer in the earthquake. The Lord was no longer in the fire. A supernatural sensitivity increased increased in Elijah and God is saying to you in that death like experience a supernatural sensitivity to the things of God is increasing in your life 
God said, oh, Elijah, got an assignment for you. You are going to go by the way of Damascus, and you are going to anoint Haziel king over Syria. And you are going to anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to be king over Israel. You're going to dethrone Jezebel's system, and Ahab's going to be his descendant, who is Joram, is going to be dethroned. And you are going to anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, to be prophet in your room. Now I want you to know something. From this point on, Elijah was the Elijah who challenged Jezebel and Ahab. But from now, after his death, he becomes the Elijah who's going to raise up a generation of new prophets because Jezebel slew all the old ones. I want you to know, before he goes to glory, he's gonna, there's going to be more prophets in Israel after than there were before Jezebel slew them. Say this with me, an increase through a death experience. God said, 2024, there is an anointing that's being released on your life through your little death-like experiences. God is coming with a power. God is coming with an anointing. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.